We are officially on episode 23 today. Um, we have a really exciting guest on the show. Um, I personally love talking to startup founders and I suppose finding out more about why they started their business. Um, today's guest, I hope, will provide an insight into um, the modern world, I suppose, of connecting people together um, and how technology and big data can really literally bring people together. Um, this individual has launched her own app called Huggle. Um, she was raised in Moscow and now living in London. And my guest today has invented a safe way to meet people. I suppose it is more more than just a physical attraction. Um, so without further ado, I introduce Valerie Stark. How are you, Valerie? Hi, I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, really excited to speak to you, I suppose, about uh, your background and um, I suppose how you came up with the Huggle app idea. Great. Yeah, so, I mean, so, to, to, I suppose we can start off from the beginning. Let's. Um, you were you born and raised in Moscow, and I suppose did you have your first sort of career step in Moscow? Yes, I was born and raised in Moscow, and my very very first career was actually linked to tech. But back then, I didn't know that I'm going to be actually doing something in tech later on in my life. And um, the first one was working as a secretary in this big company that supplied like media advanced media technology to schools and big uh, shopping malls and I had to work with like eight men you know those kind of geeky tech guys uh, and I didn't really enjoy it because I didn't really understand in the beginning what, what was it about and it was not interesting I just had to go through like endless specifications and everything and just make sure everything works well but yes I'm I worked there for a year and then left and um you know my career like took a very very interesting turn because I started working in the restaurant business and I started from um being a receptionist like a hostess in um in a restaurant and this is where my first career started to develop so it was um hostess and um the manager restaurant manager and then I moved into uh, assistant of the director of service, and then I became territorial director. And when we were opening, um, basically this was hap this was happening um, in the biggest restaurant group in Russia. Uh, it's still to this point is the biggest restaurant group in Russia. Um, and we were expanding it into Europe. And at, at that point, I was the territorial director of this area, um, similar to say imagine Beverly Hills something like that so it's kind of a luxury area and we had uh, several restaurants in that area and I was responsible for those it's you know very specific uh, people going there uh, and they all they all always become very difficult and different from say po like politicians to celebrities and it's always like a pain in the neck you know to make sure everything is well um, because my position was covering literally everything from the relationship with uh with the regular clients to suppliers and just the you know overall uh quality of the service so it's up to standards of the group of restaurants where i work 
And then um, we we were expanding into Europe and we were opening restaurant in London. And um, this restaurant and setting up this restaurant was also my responsibility. Um, I have to say that working in the restaurant business and meeting every day hundreds of people, you know, working with thousands of people, because obviously each restaurant was a massive, uh, you know, massive business, um, you know, helped me to understand the difference between places and type of people who go there. And later on, when I was setting up Huggle, it was very, very useful for me to understand this, you know, psychology and how people choose places depending on their um, interests and lifestyle and who they are. Um, yeah, so I, I moved to London. I moved to London, um, you know, not obviously setting up uh, Huggle first, and it was a very different experience. But after setting up restaurant, I, um, you know, it was eight years I was working in that in that group, and I got really tired. But I always wanted to live somewhere else. And um, soon, you know, I went to my um, to my boss and I said, you know, I feel like I need to, I need to take a break. Yeah. So I decided yeah. to take kind of a gap year and went uh, to study because I wanted to learn more about UK and about people here and everything. And I thought that uh, studying would be something that would keep me busy and also help me to learn about British mentality and just generally about people in Europe. Um, and then I would, you know, I would at the same time have a break because, you know, comparing studying in a university, even in a master's degree, it was much easier than running a business. Um, so that's what I did. And um, at the end of the studies, I already, re I already understood um, what I wanted to do. And that was this idea of creating an app. Um, and what what happened was that you know, while I was working here, I was very busy and I didn't have opportunity to meet people. And then, you know, I was going to places, similar places that I would go back in Russia, you know, you all, everyone has their favorite set of places. Like, you know, for me, it was, um, you know, certain restaurants because of the certain food I like, uh, gym, yoga classes. And that was my choice. And that's obviously shaped my reality, my life choices. Everyone, everyone in the end of the day has 24 hours in a day. And it's up to you how you decide how to, how to spend this time. Yeah. Uh, and that was my choice. And I was thinking that, you know, I have those interests and it will obviously help me to make friends through those interests. But then imagine you go to a yoga class or a gym. You don't approach people and say, hey, we're both like uh, yeah. the same yoga mat. Let's be friends. That's, that's creepy. And the funny thing is that it gets even creepier when it comes to friendship. Because yeah. saying compliments to people, I mean, I've never approached any boy in my life myself, but, uh, you know, connecting to each other in a romantic way is actually in a way easier than to create friendships. Definitely. And I realized that, that you can't just come and say, hey, you know, you know, let's be friends or because we, we have the same interest. Clearly, we'll go to the same place. Clearly, we're both interested in the same thing. If we go to the same, I don't know, art gallery, but you don't approach people. Mm. And um, but I was very curious to see who else goes to the same places as I do. And I at that point, I had this a bit unhealthy obsession with Instagram, obviously, because I didn't have many friends. And um, <laughs> I started 
I started, you know, checking myself, posting pictures, uh, checking myself in the place where I go, say again, yoga studio, and then check for this geolocation in Instagram, who else goes there? Obviously interested in people who have the same interests in life as I do. Uh, and through this approach, I met few friends. I'm still friends with all of them because, you know, you, 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 you check out their profile, you like some pictures, you start chatting and you instantly feel comfortable because your Instagram is like your little bio. You can see where the person goes. You can see whether they, you have more common interests. And this is how I met my future co-founder, Sina. Uh, we, we were, we used to go to the same yoga studio and eventually we met and we met at other place, which also was our common place. We realized it for Instagram geolocations. And I said to her that I, I have this idea uh, of doing something, an app that will allow people to see how many places means interest they have in common, because place always means interest. Whatever you like in your life, um, whatever you do, you know, you always need a place for it, a venue. And she instantly liked, loved this idea. And we've been discussing with her that that would be very important move in order to move away from, you know, appearance-based apps. Because what I, what, what would always shallow for me is that through the apps that existed back then, you could only flip through people's profiles without yeah. knowing, knowing anything else about them. There might be a couple of words in a bio where they would describe themselves in a funny way, you know, where guys put their, you know, how high they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I never I always find it weird actually why they always say the height and nothing <laughs> else <laughs> still yet to figure that out but yeah um, we realized that the appearance based apps they're very shallow and it's funny that at the same time where there's so many movements that kind of want people to move away from appearances and to address problems like you know uh racial biases nationality biases appearance biases you know body shaming at the same time you allow people and you create those apps where people choose each other just by appearance you then obviously go into conversations um chats but first initial thing is all based on appearances and i and i found find it quite shallow and this is what we were thinking with Tina that we need to fix this problem and allow people to have a different way to connect, to have more meaningful connections. Um, but it's what very often what, um, you know, racial bias is um, based on is that you see a person and you profile the person without any reasonable, you know, <laughs> explanation. And that's mm. always, always, in 99% of the cases, based around appearances, right? Or how you sound because of a certain accent, and um, that's not that's not okay. And uh, I had this issue too, and obviously I knew what I was talking about because when I'm obviously every nationality has um, its own stereotypes attached to it, yeah. and and I had those issues because obviously when I would speak to people, they would ask me like what what your accent is uh, you know from, and I would say I'm Russian. And I, I did hear a lot of cheesy comments, you know, about my nationality. And it's, again, it's not a, a fault of people. It's the problem, like, what you get from TV, the perception you get, that's what you know. You don't know any other truth. So through this app, we want to educate people that forget nationality, forget, 
forget races. Look at how many interests you have in common. You can look the way you want, but you might be so similar and you don't even know about it. Um, and what what I did, I I knew Andre Andre through my former business partner, uh, and I knew that he was the founder of the biggest dating app in the world. Um, so I went to speak to him and presented this idea. Um, he he instantly loved the idea, and then it, you know we started talking more and more. And he wanted me to sell this idea to many other people who worked with him. And I remember it was countless conversations with uh, people on board of his company, um, you know, with developers, with everyone. Basically, what he wanted for me is to make sure I can sell it to anyone and explain it to anyone, because yeah. you know. Um, I myself always, whatever I do, had this rule of like grandmother, I call it. You need to be able to explain your idea to a grandmother. Yes. <laughs> if she doesn't get it, no one will. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, through this, I learned to explain in, in like almost like two, three sentences what the, the, what the app was about and what I wanted to achieve with it. And yes, that's what, that's what we did. We first um, developed a port- prototype with them. And uh, how we set up business, I'm sure that that's that's a bit different from what most of the people who do startups um, do. You know, people go through different round of investments, and this is what I didn't want to do because I had previous experience, and I know that um, board members, if you have a, like lots of people on board, or you had many rounds of invest, uh, you know, investments, um, really distract you from work, mm-hmm. and. I came to Andre and I said, listen, we can set up this whole thing from the very beginning, decide like who gets what, um, and you're going to provide me with the technical resources because obviously they have this massive machine, uh, 550 people working, you know, lots of developers, and they already have certain, uh, you know, certain codes written. So it's basically for them like a, more like a Lego, you know, you take what it was already exists, and then you add on things to it or, you know, when you need to do it. So you, you write something from scratch, but then you code something which has been coded before. You don't need to do it again. And what we agreed with him is that we agreed the shares in the very beginning. And um, depending on the growth, there are going to be also additional shares. And then um, they will provide me with a technical, um, you know, technical um, help. So they would they would build things for me inside of their office, and I was happy with this because you working then with someone who's already in this industry, thing yeah. you don't need to explain yeah. to the person things that he he already knows. And now imagine with many um, with many people, what happens is that you take money from guys. Um, predominantly guys, as you know, probably that women, there's very little, very few uh, female investors. <laughs> investors. Um, you take money from guys uh, who have no idea how to turn on Wi-Fi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you have to, you have to explain them on a monthly basis. What are you doing with marketing? Why are you doing this? And that was, that's what I wanted to avoid. You know, because again, of the previous experience, I knew that very often people get involved in the business, and obviously they they interested how their money doing, 
Um, I don't blame them for that. But I wanted for myself to work with someone who I can learn from rather than I spend my time, waste my time on teaching them how things work. Absolutely. And then I didn't have experience in tank. So, uh, but I learned quite quickly because, you know, I'm, if I'm interested in something, um, but I had, I had experience in marketing and that's, that was a different thing. Yeah. So that's what we agreed. That's what we agreed with him. Uh, and that's how we developed our first prototype. And then we built our first app and we had to do three, we had three attempts because the app itself was very difficult um, to build because the uh, geolocal uh, technology was the most difficult part of it. Because they, we needed to make sure that we identify where you are precisely. Otherwise, the whole point of this app wouldn't work. Because we were connecting people through locations. And if we can't identify where you are, that whole point of the app is useless. Mm. Uh, so by 2000, it was 2015, by the mid 2016 we finally launched our um, last version and then obviously the journey be began and we started you know the app started growing very fast um, and what was the most important thing is that we very soon um, proved ourselves that the whole point you know of this the whole philosophy about connecting people for interest and not and not appearances attracted a lot of female uh, audience, which normally social and dating apps struggling with. What happens with the social and dating apps is that men are very likely to join them and women are not. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and what I did differently was first, you know, obviously using this philosophy because it was created by me and I'm a female. And this is how I would prefer to meet people. It's not enough for me to look at someone's appearances. I want to know more. I want to know who you are as a person, what your interests are. Um, and what happened is that when we checked, uh, it was probably half a million users when we reached that, that uh, number, we realized that 80%, from what I remember, 80% of female users are messaging only two guys with places in common so they would wow. ignore someone who didn't have them and that was the most important point i remember that day i cried because you know <laughs> when you because when you know when you create something in your head thinking this is how you feel it you know and but you don't have any proof that it actually how it works because mm. maybe you think maybe you're going mad um yeah. and, and then when we received that data from our um uh, BI department. I was so happy, and everyone was running around the office saying, "Oh my God, that actually, actually, this is how people uh, think." <laughs> Even maybe without realizing it, they didn't want to meet anyone who didn't have place in common with them because we, you could see both. But then it, it's up to you whether you want to connect with people. We give you these features and opportunity to meet someone with interest in common, and that was amazing. And funny thing was that it works the same way for guys too. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yes, but not, the. I think it was a percentage was less, something around 65%, but still it was major. Yeah. Um, yeah and what also happened is that uh, everything what we did for marketing, I, I hired five uh, females. Um, they, none of them had experience working in tech. None of them, uh, two of them never had jobs before. 
but what I wanted was to find someone, someone just young and cool who is into fashion, into stupid reality TV shows, everything that, you know, everything that any, any girl in UK does and wants to do, you know, and I would sit with them every single day talking about their favorite brands, talking about their, uh, what they aspire and all this, you know, girly stuff. And through those, um, through those channels, we would market uh, Hubble because we obviously, we, we would do it like girl talking to a girl. And what happened first, we, with this approach, we uh, managed to keep a very good balance, which, you know, if you know how other dating apps work, they never have it. It's normally 70 to 80% of men and then the rest is the, the women. Yeah. What well, well, we we always had fifty fifty, and sometimes we even had more girls, which was wow. very important. And then obviously these these girls and women who would come to Huggle, they were happy to meet to meet uh, either other women or guys with a uh, place in common rather than without any interest in common. So that was a great moment, and um, you know that was the, the difference we made in the dating, um, you know, field you know, this, this business sales. And what happened then, um, obviously, the, you know, the end of the story, um, Andre, he wanted, uh, he wanted to um, employ those, those the, this philosophy and yeah. uh, employ that marketing into a bigger brand, which is the main brand, Umbrella Badoo, which has 385 million users registered on the platform, I think, at this moment which is an incredible wow. number it's a very old platform it's now 12 years old and it was built before any other apps were there um it was the first i think dating app on the um ios platform built i think same month it was the first two apps same month uh grinder two apps were launched oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yes two apps were launched but do be doing grinder and the Jewish were the first guys who introduced those um, cards, you know, which we swipe now. Yes. Uh, so they're, they're like massive name in the dating industry, in the online dating industry. And obviously when they said to me that they want to employ this philosophy and the marketing approach, I was very proud and happy uh, because obviously I did something right. Um, yeah. And what happened then, we obviously agreed on uh, on this transition and for the past three months I've been working on this transition um, and we are we're there now and uh, yeah this is this is how we agreed uh, that you know the acquisition of the app and my entire marketing team that I built um, became a part of the Badoo marketing team now. Well wow. <laughs> that's a phenomenal story. It's uh, it's really interesting to see how, I mean, when I look at um, Huggle, I mean, when I first saw it, I just thought, okay, I mean, is it a dating app? I don't know. I don't think so. But as you're explaining it, I suppose it works on two levels. Of, it could be a dating app, but also you can meet other people on there as well, um, just as a friendship, which uh, that's a big thing that, like, but as you were saying, kind of, you look at the world of Bumble and Tinder, it's purely for dating. I mean... Would you safely say that Huggle is a dating app or would you call it a different type of app? No, well, it's it's an app that you can use for anything. You can use it for dating or for friendship. And first, when we launched it, it was, it was a trial launch. Uh, it was it was for just for friendship. 
and then yeah. it became uh, we enable both both things so now you can still Hugo is still it's it's working up you know so nothing changes for Hugo it's still developed it's just uh the marketing team uh, all the marketing efforts are now towards Purdue but uh, how you can use it is to choose what you want. There is a little icons which states uh, whether you're there for dating or friendship or you don't mind. Okay. Now for Bumble is also has different different settings because they have Bumble Day, Bumble BFF and Bumble Bees. And you can use it for dating, for for friendship and for business as well. So it's like a like a link up for similar to LinkedIn, but actually where you swipe and find people who you want to work with. Um, so that Bumble allows us to, and with Bumble, um, we definitely shared a lot of, uh, in terms of philosophy, we shared a lot because uh, both me and Whitney, we always wanted to eradicate all the uh, abuse, you know, abusive behavior in the apps. And uh, as women, we know what it is and we know how how much it puts you off if you're a user of a dating app and it's really bad. And what you do through the app, because this is the, when you when your audience grows you you become responsible for how people interact and when you have this ability to uh, affect how people interact and influence them you need to do it you know there is a lot of com there are a lot of companies who um you know do nothing about that and they have this ability and power and i think if you do with power comes responsibility and you need to use this and um bumble does very good with like you know obviously calling out uh and blocking all the abusive uh behavior and that's really good and they've done a lot of other things uh you know binding the guns in guns images uh in america on the app so that's that's all great and because bumble is also uh a part of the portfolio because they are 79 percent belongs to Badu, so it's the same situation like with huggle but we're built under the same umbrella. Um, we, at some point, um, when Huggle was launched, we swapped seats, uh, director seats with Whitney, because we, you know, we we communicated a lot at that point, and oh. it was good to advise each other on, you know, what how where where apps moving and to, um, you know, get each other's um, opinions and things. So it's very important, and it's important to have women on board with you because when you build and create something as a woman uh you have a different vision sometimes you come and speak to someone an investor and you say listen this is an issue and you you need to do it and very often guys and it's not better good we just think differently um they say no 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 that's not a problem it doesn't exist you you know your idea is not good but then you yeah. create it and women start to respond and then you realize, well, actually I was right. Because <laughs> obviously it's hard to hear. It's same like with us, with men, uh, you know, sometimes men say, well, I need this thing to buy, I don't know, some, some technological thing or, uh, you know, a screwdriver of a certain type. And you're like, God, I don't understand like why you need this. And then suddenly yeah. you go shopping and you realize that it's all sold out because there are another 1000 men needed that particular screwdriver. <laughs> And, you know, you need to, I mean, it's just, it's, it's not that simple, but we think differently and uh, we, we, we are biologically different, but it's not uh, bad because we, if we work together, we can, 
always bring our opinion and visions into the company and then create something amazing because you then bring the both world, you know, best of the world, both worlds. Yeah, completely. And, and I think, I mean, what I was going to say is, I mean, with, with Huggle, as you were talking about the stats earlier, to have a kind of, it's not just male or female dominated, to say that it's kind of very equal, it's nice that you've you've obviously got a female opinion, but it's very rare. Well, I mean, there's, there's apps which always have a kind of either male or female dominance. So I suppose you've got to get that balance of marketing and, and obviously how you communicate with individuals on the app as well. So, yeah, it's, and, and also it's, it's, it's great that you've kind of swapped seats, I suppose, with the people from Bumble, um, people like Whitney, who's created something amazing. And I think Huggle are definitely on their way to do similar sort of things. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing, really cool. Thank you, thank you. And I suppose, yeah, so tell yeah, no, go on, carry on. No, so well, that was obviously um, a very important um, journey in my life because you know, from the idea and just um, your own experience and how you feel about things to actually communicating with that many people who feel the same way. Yeah, 100%, especially with, I mean, the startup world is a tricky one <laughs> to kind of master. And, and you were talking before about um, funding, and I think you hit the nail on the head to say that you don't want someone to be just the person who's just giving you a pot of money. You actually want them to connect you with other people. You want them to give you uh, knowledge of the industry. And I think that's where a lot of startups fail. They, they, they chase the money, but actually you should be looking at the individual who's giving you the funding and are they... Because they're, they're an extension of your team. They might not be on the, the payroll, but they are an extension um, to, yeah. to help you suppose, grow. You know, I mean, yours. It, remi it reminds me of like, uh, the most, like, like the typical problem of the relationship that don't last. Uh, because oh. people get on, sometimes get in together just because they want to be in relationship. But then they're missing the most important point that the values they need to be similar. And if you don't mm. have similar values, these relationship never lasts. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, so tell us about your team um, at Huggle. Obviously, there's a there's a transition happening, but um, it, what's the sort of plans for 2018 for the rest of 2018? Well, as, as I said, the uh, now my team transitioned uh, into into Badoo, and uh, the. Obviously, the developer, the developers team, they're still developing Hangul and doing all the updates and everything, and it's going to be the same way now. But uh, all the marketing efforts are now, um, you know, we put it towards Badoo, and now certain features from Hangul and the philosophy of Hangul and the marketing is going to be used at Badoo. So the Badoo is going to be reshaped now. And wow. again, as I said, it's a massive app. Uh, which is the, the the biggest app in the world, you know, big, bigger than anything else. I can't speak for I can't speak for the ch uh, Chinese market because it's a closed market. <laughs> Obviously, I know they have some apps like Momo, um, and you know, but they don't give you like full reports never, so you can't say. But it's a very closed market. We're talking about America, Europe kind of market. Yeah, it's still yeah. the biggest market, and if we can, and if through this through this transition we can influence that many people, I think this is the best achievement definitely and I think it's a huge achievement of Huggle so far to be acquired by Badoo I mean it, it you can only see the the membership numbers kind of growing and growing and and with with these apps like uh, not just dating apps but it's all about getting as many kind of uh, 
members in the system as possible to try and give yourselves as much data as possible as well so it really is a numbers game and sometimes that can be very very hard to to get the take up of an app um but it sounds like you've got the marketing right so um yeah hats off it's good stuff <laughs> of course but that's another thing um a lot of apps as well if they are done by someone who is not not experienced like andre was um same with Badu, or sorry same with bumble and huggle and also Chappie, that's another brand on the umbrella, which is a gay app. Uh, what Andre never wanted us to do is to enable any paid features in the very beginning. Before you achieve 1 million of uh, registered users uh, or active users in different case, cases, you, um, you never switch on any paid um, features. And that's very important because you're not going to get much from this, uh, but people would turn away. Uh, there needs to be some critical point at which you uh, turn that on, and this is this is only comes with understanding of the main investor that this is not necessary to actually use it as a cash cow before the app is ready for it. Yeah. And this is what they did very good uh, at Badu, and they're very experienced at this. And it, it it was also important to understand that user come to your app because of the philosophy, and because of the experience, and because of what they get from it. And uh, it's very important not to uh, make them pay for experiences experiences they get they got before for free. Yeah. So whenever you introduce anything, uh, it has to be an extra. And then user can still use it as a normal app, but then only pays for extra because this is honest. You know, you always uh, you're building it for someone. You're making uh you're making a beautiful, amazing, um, you know, well done app. And then you need to treat your users uh, with respect. Definitely. And you know, it's like coming to the shop, and they say to you, "Here is a dress. It costs twenty pounds." And then as you leave the shop, they say, "By the way, well, actually, if you want buttons on it, then pay another extra yeah. five." <laughs> and that's and that's disrespectful. Um, and I that think if you true. treat your users with respect, your customers, you know, they would always come back to you. Definitely, and I think giving. Um, when you look at the apps um, kind of uh, out there, especially the dating apps, most of them you can consume a lot for free before they kind of turn on the, the paid features. And a lot of apps outside of the dating world definitely do that as well. And I think that's uh, you need the member and the user to understand the quality of what they're getting. And then you can sell the rest on, um, which is, yeah, it's a good point. So, I mean, is yeah, there much? Not... Yeah, go on. Oh. Sorry. In order, in order to do it, you need to have this vision of how you're going to monetize from the very beginning, but just don't build, but not building it just yet. Yeah. Or you need to analyze constantly uh, user behavior and see what kind of extra they might use. You know. Definitely. So that's, uh, and and this is exactly why I wanted to work with someone like Andre, because they have this massive BI department, they have this all big data, which they are analyzing every single month and this is this is the massive value that gives you understanding of user behavior and you mm -hmm. can't buy it this is just that's that's true. It's a question of you know experiences and working with people and for the past 12 years you can't buy this this is this is an asset yeah definitely it's 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 phenomenal amount of data that i'm sure these kind of uh, dating apps have um on their users because also it's pulling it from facebook as well which is which is huge um so i mean if 
in Moscow, is there much of a startup scene? Would we ever see Huggle go to Moscow as well? Or I suppose anyone can anyone access uh, Huggle across the world? Oh yes, uh, it's available in 180 countries. Um, so you can download. We the, the thing is that the main marketing was obviously in UK, but sure. in UK there are people with different um obviously uh different app stores um and that's why we needed to enable it everywhere because obviously if you hear if you hear about Huggle here, but you're from some other country, you need to be able to download it. Or some people live here, say from America, and they hear working. Um, and they still use the American app store, so we want them to be able to download it too. So that's why we enabled it in 180 countries. And again, this is another another thing when Badua really helped us because imagine the work on localiz you know localization, how many in how many languages you need to localize the app, and it's not about translation; it's about actually delivering the message. And yeah. it is much more difficult. And Badu has this massive team of people who work in the localization team. So when we needed to enable this feature, they did it for us. Oh, that's phenomenal. And yeah, like you say, it's not just simply translating an app. Um, when it comes to sort of dating and relationships, it's also understanding the culture as well of, of how dating happens in that particular country. So yeah, that's very important. Of course, of course, you know, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of differences. Uh, you know, to the point like somewhere they like sending gifts and somewhere they don't. And you yeah. don't enable these features in the countries where they, where they don't like certain things or they don't understand them and they don't appreciate them. Um, yeah. Some things might be offensive and some things might be acceptable. And you need to understand those things too. Yeah, definitely. That's a really good point. Um, so, I mean, final question, which I ask all my guests, um, if you could give your younger self any advice, what would it be? Well, that's a tricky one. Um, <laughs> I think one of the most important advices I would give to myself is that uh, one of the biggest assets in life is your relationship with other people. Um, and, you know, your parents and, you know, grown-ups always say to you, you know, um, you never know who you're going to meet later on in life. So, and who who will become who. And this is very important to understand that um, people in your life, um, whoever you meet, they're all your teachers and they're all very valuable in your life. And uh, keeping those relationships um healthy it's very important you know, you don't you never know how it's going to then affect your life later on that's probably the advice i would give myself i love that you've related it back to a relationship uh, app as well so yeah love that love that valerie um thank you so much for joining us onto the uh podcast today it's been really insightful and and anyone who kind of want to, wants to get in touch with Valerie, who's maybe looking kind of in the same industry or, or looking just for startup advice. I mean, Valerie, you've got you've given a lot of insight into kind of investment and marketing, how to start a startup in general. So I can put um, Valerie's kind of LinkedIn details there. But Valerie, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. And of course, our podcasts are all live on uh, iTunes, so you can download this podcast there from today. Thank you.